Welcome to Wine, Spirits, and, and witches. witches. This is Monica. And this is Shauna, and we're your high priestess for this evening. But who cares about us? Because we are not the main attraction tonight. The main attraction is our amazing astrologer and shaman, Jarrell. Hello. Hi, everybody. How's it going? Welcome back. I can't believe it's already time for another astrology episode i can't believe that we're already there but first off i feel like i was said i think i said shaman but in my head i think it sounded more like shaman <laughs> no i think i think you did okay my me and words have not been friends lately so guys if you're listening i promise Jarrell is a shamanic human he is not a piece of toilet paper right. shaman, exactly. shaman. Yeah. although i mean toilet paper was a hot commodity last year and Jarrell is just as popular so you never know there you go. There you go. Oh <laughs> uh yeah so so yeah i mean like uh i, I mean i identify a shamanic practitioner uh that, that is like you know one thing about shamanism too you know people you know, will say that they practice shamanism and so they're a shaman, but shaman is actually a really important title. You know, if you were to use an analogy, it's like there are a lot of people who follow politics and so they're politicians, right? But you can't just call yourself the president, right? Because right. Okay. that title is, is something that is given to you by people that vote, right? Same, mm-hmm. uh, and the same kind of goes like shaman is a title that is given to you by the community. So I personally won't ever call myself, you know, a shaman, but I'm a shamanic practitioner because that's what I practice. Okay. Um, All right. So, Our shamanic yeah. practitioner. No, that's important. So I, I'm yeah. glad that you said that. You know, I remember um, you telling me about how like there's this huge like rite of passage within shamanism about like being struck by lightning. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, different um, shamanic traditions are going to have their different initiatory processes into, you know, that path. And um, yeah, I mean, in in some Peruvian traditions, like, because there's many within Peru, right, uh, that that is one that is said that you have to be struck by lightning. I told Ricky about that after I had learned about it, I was like, hey, I learned this really interesting thing. And so I told him about it. And then we started talking about how like Martha Stewart's a fucking G because she's been like struck by yeah. lightning, what, like three times? Two or three times, yeah. Hey, you guys! And there's Ricky <laughs> saying hello. So we were, we were watching something and there was like this video of this crazy lightning storm that was like very like, mesmerizing to watch and ricky just kind of broke the silence he's like i bet Jarrell would fucking love it there (laughs) (laughs) right yeah it's pretty cool you know i've actually uh, i remember driving on the 710 once and there was a lightning storm slash thunderstorm and it was rainy the scariest thing so i mean i don't know i I, I sort of fantasize about this idea of being struck by lightning, but in all actuality, it's freaking scary. Like, it is. Yeah. It is scary, man. Holy yeah, shit. Like, I would not want to be struck by lightning, that's for sure. Yeah. No, I mean, yeah. I would just say, just make sure that you're wearing, like, rubber-soled shoes at all fucking times. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> or be in your car or something. Right. Well, we're here. Do you mind if I do? Yeah. Oh, huh? go ahead. 
I was oh. going to say, do you mind if I do just a quick plug real quick since we're talking about shamanism? I am oh, yeah. going to be starting a, um, a nine-week series on shamanism in May. So oh, wow. what are the I'm dates? I mean, it's starting um, May 20th um, all the way into July, July uh, 15th, because it's a nine-week series. And wow. we're talking about, it's it's your basic introduction into uh, shamanism and that practice. So um, for anyone who is interested, I mean, we could talk more about it later or in another episode. Oh yeah, we totally. Are you going to go through the Green Man Store you. website to to register for that class? Right through the Green Man Store website yes. to register for that class. Yeah, so guys, I highly suggest that you guys check that class out. Jarrell is an amazing teacher, and he's very thorough. Um, as you guys all know, I fucking hate space, which has made it very hard to wrap my head around astrology. And Jarrell very patiently sat down <laughs> and explained things to me in a way that like. I was able to actually grasp. So if someone can talk to me about space and planets and I pay attention, then they can do fucking anything. So definitely right. check this class out, especially because I think that there really is this interest in shamanism and a lot of people not knowing what it is. So even if you kind of are just like, well, what is it? Like, you know, try and see if maybe you can just check out the first class. I bet you'll be hooked. It's definitely going to be worth it. Yeah. Yep. Oh my God. You hear that, Jerome? You're now <laughs> Space Daddy. That's your new name, Space Daddy. Oh Space Daddy, what? what the heck? Uh, that's hey. Rick, Ricky has give has blessed him with the name Space Daddy, so here we are. Oh wow! Okay, whatever. Sure. <laughs> oh my God! Okay, all right, guys. I promise we're eventually gonna get to the episode. Okay. But so <laughs> we, we were walking the dogs the other night, and I don't have my glasses on. That really doesn't matter. But I didn't have my glasses on, and we're walking, and I see this like blue light that at first I thought was was like an airplane because it looked like it was pretty high up but then it took this like really sharp 90 degree angle and then it went from being a blue light to a white light and I'm like what the fuck is that but then it just started going straight again like an airplane and Ricky's like it's this an airplane like it's nothing I'm like no watch and then it like stopped and it just stood still and then it started going backwards and then it started sinking down and the light started changing. And Ricky gets his phone and he's recording. It, and I'm like, what the fuck is that? And I don't fucking do aliens and I don't fucking do space. So I'm like trying really hard to keep my cool, but I'm totally not because what I'm actually doing is like fucking clinging to Ricky's arm going, what is that? What is that? And then after like, I almost just like die of panic. We realized it was just a drone. There is. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was so about to say it's uh, like for our Patreon followers, you can expect to see that sometime soon. Oh hopefully. god! All right, guys, if you're on Patreon, Ricky's gonna put up the video so that you guys can hear me in the background. Go, what is it? What is it? <laughs> I was oh, not calm classic. or collected <laughs> at all. It was. I'm very glad that the video is of the fucking drone and not of my face, but that's good. <laughs> okay. With that said. I can't believe that we're already at the end of April. Yeah. Right? Flying. But here we are at another astrology report. So take it away, Space Daddy. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, <laughs> this just in, in your astrological report for the month of May 2021. <laughs> uh, so um, we are starting off May with 
um, the fun little like Taurus stellium that um, was ending April, right? So, uh, you know, there's a lot of groundedness in the air and then there's definitely all that room that we've been having for, you know, exploration, finally being able to breathe, <laughs> you know, like more people are getting vaccinated and stuff like that. So things are looking up and up, right? So May is starting with that fun little stellium, but it is also, um, just for May in general, it's going to have a little bit of a rocky start because there are some um, uh, some transits uh, that are going to be happening um, that we're probably even feeling now because um, we do have um, Venus and we have Mercury squaring Jupiter uh, right now. Um, so, you know, that that just causes for like you know some kind of like weird disruptions like you know um and it's not even so much that well maybe not disruption um but more a little bit um it's an excess of things you know like jupiter expands things and you know venus wants to integrate all the things and mercury wants to express all the things so it's it's a little bit of too much too soon all at once kind of a thing. And that's the sort of rocky start that we're talking about with May. Um, uh, and, you know, we also are going to feed this rockiness with, you know, we just have the sun squaring Saturn also right now. So when it comes to like, you know, the things that you're supposed to be doing and shining in your life or along the path of your destiny and stuff like that, you got Saturn squaring the sun and saying like, hey, did you think about this? Did you think about that? You know, and so now we're we're in a place where we're kind of like reassessing things. We're kind of like reimagining. Also, the sun is right now at the beginning of May, um, um, conjoined with Uranus. Um, for those of you who follow the patterns of the outer planets, right? Um, so Uranus is that planet of change. So the sun's right on top of it, basically. So a lot of big changes are coming. Um, potentially, depending on how everything lines up with your own personal horoscope. So uh, just one thing to keep in mind, though, too, you know, like, when we're talking about, like, all these transits, I mean, these are pretty generalized um, as far as, like, a month for people generally, right? You can look into a horoscope uh, more um, uh succinctly and more personally um, by looking at your own transits um, in, in, according to, in accordance to your natal chart to the current transits. So, yeah. Uh, let's see. That is very interesting. Every time I hear um, anyone talk about Uranus, I think of that coven sister. So we have the coven uh -huh. sister and that coven sister now. But when we're having like the last Uranus retrograde, she was trying to make a candle for him. And she couldn't mm -hmm. find any information on him, really. And she was so offended. She was oh, like, how dare they? And so I'm like, okay. So every yeah. time I hear any mention of that planet, I'm like, there you go, dude. Anyway, sorry, yeah. so that was my feedback. So, oh, no, no, no. It's, <laughs> it's totally okay. Yeah, I kind of stalled because um, I, I thought you guys, like, froze for a moment. But, like, <laughs> I wasn't sure. Uh, but anyhow, so uh, so yeah, the, the, the month is going to start off a little rocky, but it's not anything that we can't handle, you know, energetically, like, you know, things are moving now, you know, like I said, you know, things are getting better with like the vaccinations, people are becoming more bold and more active, 
Um, and that is definitely something to stay aware of in the month of May. Um, because we are starting with this idea of too much too soon. And if you don't check yourself, you could be in over your britches, so to speak, you know. So especially with um, all of the planets starting to move from being in a Taurus stellium to being in a Gemini stellium. Yes. So for, uh, for Mercury, um, May 4th, um, Mercury is going to transit into Gemini. Then by May 9th, um, Venus will be following into Gemini as well. And then finally, by May 20th, the sun will be going into Gemini. So uh, happy early birthday to all you Geminis and happy birthday to all you Tauruses for the first, you know, couple weeks of May. Um, uh, so yeah, but we are going to be heading toward a, uh, a moment in May where we'll have a bunch of planets in Gemini. So I know um, in the last episode, Taddy was talking about stelliums being four or more planets in a particular sign or house. But, you know, there's, I, I'm one of those people that say it's three, uh, three or more planets, just because, um, you know, what I focus on is, you know, traditional astrology, holistic, medieval, and Renaissance astrology. And it, it's, it's a different uh, perspective of astrology that I practice for sure. And uh, typically, you know, with these podcasts, I do include like information with the outer planets, but in my own personal practice with astrology, I don't use the outer planets. Like I don't use um, Uranus, Neptune, or Pluto. So three out of seven planets is a lot. And so we would consider that a stellium. Okay. I don't, I'm just like, wow, I'm like, that's three less retrogrades that you got to worry about. Yeah. Right. Um, Oh, I think we lost you. You were frozen. Okay, you're back. Oh, no. I'm good. I'm back. Okay, hi. (laughs) Hey, Space Daddy. (laughs) So, okay. What were you saying? I said, when you said that you don't work with, like, the outer planets, I was like, well, that's three less retrogrades you got to worry about. That's kind of nice. Yeah. Yeah, no, and and oh, and we're going to get into retrogrades because um, at the end of the month, we do have a couple that are going into retrograde. And um, well, here's the thing, though, you know, like, um, uh, yeah, you know, we'll get into that a little bit later, but I just kind of want to finish off uh, like my quick rundown, which we'll go into everything more in detail, too. Okay. Uh, but uh, I, uh, yeah, so basically by... May 14th, we're going to experience this event. So this is like um, the middle of May, May 14th. Um, So there's actually in May a lot of things happening in the beginning and a lot of things happening in the end and not really a whole lot happening in the middle. But the one thing that's happening in the middle is pretty significant. Um, What's happening in the middle is May 14th, Jupiter is going to be ingressing into Pisces. Um, And this is really cool because basically for most of this year, Jupiter is going to be in Aquarius, but um, for a quick period, basically um, for about like eight or nine weeks or so, something like that, Jupiter is going to be in Pisces. And this is what um, astrologers are calling uh, Jupiter in Pisces preview. Um, Because anytime Jupiter enters a sign, he stays in that sign for a whole year. And so the whole year, as far as like growth and expansion and fortune and good things, you know, are going to resemble 
the energies of that particular shine. The reason why this is so cool is because when Jupiter goes into Pisces, um, in accordance to traditional astrology, Jupiter rules Pisces. So he's an assignment he absolutely loves to be in. Like he loves to be in Pisces just as much as he loves Sagittarius and Cancer. So, but this is one of the signs where he really does well. You expect to see good fortune in so many different avenues for a lot of people. But when I say preview, preview means like he's going to dip into Pisces starting May 14th and stay there for about a month and a half before he starts retrograding back into Aquarius. And once he's back in Aquarius, he'll be in Aquarius for basically the rest of the year because he's going to start going forwards through Aquarius after the retrograde ends. Um, and then by next year, he will um, dive fully into Pisces. So this preview that I'm talking about is whatever is going to happen next year, all the good abundance and growth that Jupiter is going to provide for you in Pisces, you're going to get a, a quick um, snapshot of what that energy is going to be like so it's a good time to pay attention um, to what's going on in your life uh, between mid-May to about um, late June uh, because whatever like prosperous event you can expect a full year of that in 2022 does that make sense? That's so, really exciting okay so yeah they're, they're calling this the, the Jupiter and Pisces preview um, and you know that that's a thing. Like every every other year, um, Jupiter will have that pattern where he'll be in one sign and then dip into the next sign for like a short moment, retrograde, and and then finish off the rest of the year in that sign. And that's kind of what's happening this year too. So, so yeah. Um, uh, so moving onwards into the rest of May, this is where things start to get crazy, and it starts with the sun ingressing into Gemini, and this becomes, or this starts Gemini season, and this definitely starts that whole stellium of Gemini. You're going to have um, the sun, Mercury, and Venus in Gemini, um, and so there's going to be a lot of fun, active curious Gemini energy going on in the air, but it comes at a time when right after the sun hits Gemini, by the 23rd, Saturn's going to go into retrograde. By the 26th of May, we're going to have a total lunar eclipse. So the total lunar eclipse marks eclipse season because remember, we call it eclipse season because every time there's one eclipse, there's going to be another eclipse two weeks later. So um, the end of May is going to start off um, a, an eclipse season. And then um, by May 30th, Mercury will be going into retrograde in the sign of Gemini. Um, so a lot of crazy at the end of the, at the, end of the month. I was going to say, the end, end of this end month, of month sounds like May's trying to go <laughs> out with a fucking bang. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, and, but that's, it's all going to happen at the tail end of May, and that's what we're going to be starting with in June. So um, we're going to, starting June, June's going to be a whole lot of crazy, is probably hitting the fan, and now we're, you know, but that's June. <laughs> so, Whoa, so yeah, but yeah, a lot of, yeah, hold on to your, <laughs> exactly, <laughs> hold on to your shorts uh, for the end of the month. Um, so yeah, I mean, this rocky start that we're going to have in May is 
kind of just like, you know, if we look at like these months, especially in accordance to the moon, you know, like that's why we call it months, you know, like Monday, moon day, moon, month, you know, because it follows the cycle of the moon. You know, it's roughly about 28 to 31 days, which is like a full um, cycle that the moon can potentially go through, right? So, but, um, like the start of every cycle, like a lunar cycle, something like that, right? Um, we're going to start rocky, we're going to end rocky. But what's important to know is whatever crazy is happening in the middle of the month, just expect that to be a theme for yourself throughout the month of May. Uh, because we're entering a time when, you know, this past Aries season in April, you know, things were starting to open back up. But now you have to take a step back and sort of reassess, like, how you're going to be moving up and up. You know what I mean? Because, yeah, it's great to finally be able to get vaccinated, take your mask off, and, you know, have a little bit more comfort and security. But you have to remember the rest of the world is still not vaccinated, you know? So, like, kind of turn it down a notch and just kind of remember where you are in your life. And whatever patterns are going to be, you know, coming up or, you know, yeah, whatever patterns are, you know, going to be present, you know, expect that um, to grow in the month of May and be able to adapt and reassess your situation. And so the reason why that's important to kind of um, – focus on what's happening in the beginning is because the way May is going to end, it's going to really turn up. You know what I mean? So, um, and then also you have that middle of May um, preview. So the preview in the middle of the month gives you the sneak peek of like the best that is going to be coming, but you still have to get through the present to get to the awesomeness later. You know what I mean? So, um, if there was going to be a theme that I would suggest for the month of May, it's about reassessing and growing. Um, yeah. So, questions? <laughs> well, sounds like it's going to be a very interesting month. That's all I know. Yeah. No, it's going to be interesting. And it's definitely still going to be forward moving. I mean, the energy of Taurus that we're starting with is very much a fixed energy. It's all about trying to maintain the energy that's there, you know, but with that, you know, you know, sometimes there comes these challenges and you want to be able to stick to what you started with, but you have to be able to reassess and take control of your situation, you know, being able to navigate the crazy patterns that are going to be ensuing, um, you know, so um, I, what I really want to talk about, though, with May is, especially when it comes to, like, magic and witchcraft and all of that, really has more to do with the end of the month. Because, like I said, you know, one of the things, you know, it, that is going to be happening is the start of the clip season. Um, so by May 26th, uh, we're going to have what's called a total lunar eclipse. Now, um, like I said before, every time you have one eclipse, um, you can expect to have another eclipse literally two weeks later because this follows the cycle of the moon, right? Mm -hmm. When And there's only two types of eclipses that you can have, and you usually have both um, within an eclipse season. You're going to have a solar eclipse, and then you're going to have a lunar eclipse. So 
a solar eclipse is what most people think of when they think of an eclipse. You know, they think of the sun in the sky, and then all of a sudden the shadow of the moon just slowly creeps up and takes over all of the light in the sky. You know, we think of, you know, that image of a black sun with like a ring of light around it, right? And that would be right. what's called a total solar eclipse. But the truth is, when it comes to like solar eclipses, you're not always going to see that phenomenon, like the black, black sun with that ring. And it really has to do with where you are on the globe. You know, um, we're talk talking about eclipses, you know, we're also talking about the path of the sun. So the sun goes around, and this is a little bit of astronomy now, but the, <laughs> the sun follows a very particular path across the sky. And depending on, you know, what sign the sun is traveling through, you know, will kind of determine, like, where you will see this eclipse, um, which is really, like, fascinating. So right now, um, or in general, the moon also has a path that she travels along, right? And it's kind of like, um, countering what the sun path. So at certain points in the year, you have the sun moving in one direction, you have the moon moving in the opposite direction, right? And it's where their paths meet in the sky. Uh, this is where you will find what's called the lunar nose. This is the meeting or the cross section of the sun's path and the moon's path. And um, when that happens, that's when we will see an eclipse. Now, the solar eclipse always happens when there's a new moon because you literally have the sun and then the moon is passing right in front of the sun. And that is basically, that's a new moon or a dark moon. So we actually experience a sort of pseudo eclipse every month because every time the moon goes through a cycle and starts new again, she's literally going in front of the sun or something like that. And that's why you can't see the moon because the light is being eclipsed you know what i mean so i did not um, know that yeah <laughs> yeah but um when it's a solar eclipse it happens in the full out daytime you know it's, imagine like you know a new moon but it's happening in the day yeah <laughs> you know and that's it's because the path of the sun and the path of the moon are meeting right at the same time but what is happening in may is a total lunar eclipse. So lunar eclipses only happen when the moon is full, okay? So the moon is in opposition to the sun. So the moon is on the other end, right? And you know, every time you have a full moon, it's because the moon is catching the full light of the sun. So if this is happening, why does the moon kind of like almost eclipse? And it's because, imagine you have the sun on one end, the moon on the other, but where the earth is traveling happens to be literally right in between the two. So what we're getting in a total lunar eclipse is the shadow of earth eclipsing the sun's light. Really? Yeah. That is what is happening during a total lunar eclipse. Now, the really cool thing about a total lunar eclipse, and I can start to feel all you witchy, like, uh, witchy minds like burning here. A total lunar eclipse is the equivalent to a blood moon. Because what happens when the Earth moves in front of the sun's light, the moon turns dark red. And sometimes it's like an orange yellow. It just kind of depends on like the position of the moon and dust particles in the sky. But on May 
um, 26, we're going to have a blood moon, a.k.a. a total lunar eclipse. Pretty cool, right? So um, with eclipse season, you know, there is all of this, like, hype about, like, oh, it's this, you know, celestial event. It only happens, like, every now and then, you know, kind of a thing. This is a time to do magic. I would actually suggest to not do magic, um, even though this is a celestial event that carries a lot of really powerful liminal energy. You have, you know, like two really bright lights or luminaries in the sky that, you know, basically feed all of our magic and our, you know, what we try to manifest with our magical intentions, right? But imagine that if what we try to do with magic depends on the lights that we can see in the sky, these stars that we see, and then they have no light all of a sudden. You know, mm -hmm. I personally think that that's actually not great for magic because you're not working with the potential of light in its fullest capacity. Um, and so, but, you know, there are definitely people out there who will argue with me on this, like, you know, eclipses are a very potent time because eclipses don't happen often, they're rare, and there's like such a magical force and an energy to eclipses that, you know, because they literally shape the world. So why not use that energy to do magic, right? But I feel like eclipses, like even when you're looking at this sense of time, right, they don't last very long. They last maybe a total of two to four hours. So if this is magic that you're trying to build, it almost just, you know, by default of the nature of an eclipse, if you do magic, in my mind, and, you know, this is just me thinking here, like, I think magic is basically, like, set to sort of, like, not last as long. It's going to be like a big, you know, punch in the face, but then, you know, the pain will heal after a Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So... Well I think with me personally and my philosophy when it comes to eclipses, is I feel like, at least for me, they make me very like emotionally and energetically like yeah. unhinged and I don't yes. feel grounded. And it just like, I feel like it just makes me like usually really upset, but it, it's about like weird shit. And so it's one of those things that I try to be very mundane on those days because i I feel like that's not the right kind of energy. It's too chaotic. You don't want to put that kind of un unhinged shit into your magic. Yeah, it is definitely very chaotic, almost like werewolf-like energy. It's like these energies that have been like hiding deep inside, kind of like resurface kind of a thing. And that has a lot to do even just with, you know, just the correlation to the astronomy of that sort of event. You know, every time eclipses happen, they also happen because the moon gets really close to the earth sometimes, you know what I mean? And if the moon is what they say is that celestial body that controls tides of the earth, you know, it can, it can change, it can shift and change the weather, the, you know, the ocean tides and all of that, right? And then when you think about the moon just being close, and then the, in, in a total lunar eclipse, the earth is really getting in the middle, you know, and blocking the sun's light, right? If the sun represents, like, everything that you can see, like, you know, as far as any spectrum of, like, magic, you know, what is visible, and it represents what is conscious. The earth represents what is hidden and what is subconscious. It represents our emotions and, 
you know, a different side of magic that can change and shift the world as we see it. And then you have the earth, which represents the body, you know, and the salt and like all of that. And it gets in between. This is almost that energy of pulling out those like interior feelings, those inner demon and just unleashing it like a purge you know what i mean so that totally makes sense shauna when you say like you get all like frenetic and crazy during the clips because mm -hmm. that is the energy you know yeah so I, I mean i'm sure that energy has its place for certain things but just as a rule of thumb like i just feel like that's oh, yeah. too too like for most kind of it's kind of work that you may want to do like that's not what you need so. Yeah, exactly. You know, I, I feel like, you know, with, you know, eclipses, the, I, it's not that you can't work with them magically or ritually because they definitely do have energy that's good for that. I would definitely say that with eclipses, the best kind of workings to do are like path workings, um, sort mm -hmm. of like shadow work, you know, to kind of like, you know, shift your focus to who you really are and what you're about. You know what I mean? Um, to get in touch with your inner child, you know? And, you know, the inner child could be like a really great thing to work with, especially in the month of May as everything is moving into a Gemini stellium, you know? Because Gemini is really like, you know, and, and, and bear in mind, this eclipse is going to be happening in Gemini, right? And well, the moon is going to be in Sagittarius, the sun is in Gemini, right? So you have this interplay of, connection you know the access from gemini to sagittarius is all about the connection to the divine you know so um if gemini represents you know communication and travel and you know or short term travel um or short distance travel i should say you know lower education um your errands you know technology you know like small tech things and then sagittarius sort of like represents you know the um, sort of otherworldly, bigger cosmic um, principles, you know, like spirituality and religion and law, cosmic law and mundane law, you know, because it's ruled by Jupiter, right? You know, this is all about your connection to what's important to you. You know, this is about your connection to, you know, the things that, um, that are important from within and then expressing it outwardly and letting what is outward affect you from within, you know? So, yeah. So I would say that this particular eclipse with this blood moon, you know, reconnect with, you know, the, the blood of, or the spirit of your blood, reconnect with your ancestors. I wouldn't necessarily say do ancestral veneration, <laughs> But, you know, reconnect with your ancestral lines, with your bloodlines, connect to your blood, you know? Yeah. And there's a lot of ways that you can do that that can be grounded, that don't have, you don't have to worry about putting a bunch of, like, wacky energy into spell work for that. I think that's a really great way to go about it. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, like, even with path working, shadow work, I mean, some, there's some people out there that really love to ceremonialize and ritualize that, and that's fine. You yeah, know, that itself is almost like you know the the energy of magic. You know, like there's there's a ceremony to magic too. You know. Yeah, exactly. I think that's lovely. So yeah, I so I like it. I think that's a that's a good take on eclipses, and I think it's good information for people to like turn around in their head and they have a while, 
you know, it, from listening to this to really decide how they want to, you know, plan their eclipse and what they want to do with it, you know, so I think this is good information for them to sit with, especially if there's other, you know, folks out there like me that get that funky werewolf energy and stuff during that time. Yeah, something so that you can, you know, be witchy and be fucking crazy and hopefully find something that'll calm you down a little bit. Yeah. 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 At least like, you know, work with that energy to like really rediscover who you are, you know, if, you know, if there was something that you repressed for a really long time, like this might be, might be a good opportunity to kind of let it out just a little, like in a safe way, you know, yeah. and like just examine like, why is it I'm repressing this, you know, like, why is it, you know, this is shadow work 101, you know, but like, but yeah, you know, shadow work, I think is a, is a great thing to try to like, you know, approach around this time because you're literally working with the shadow of the luminaries, you know, the light and sun and moon. So, um, yeah. That's a good, that's so, a good point. I like that. And just refresh everyone's memory. What dates are those on again? Um, yeah. So, um, the, the, Eclipse season um, starts at the end of May. The lunar eclipse is going to happen on May 26th. If you want to actually start seeing the, um, the light of the moon start to diminish and turn red, the, it's going to start at um, 1.47 a.m. And is this something that we'll be able to see in the United States? Or? Yes. Oh, that's, that's a good point, too. Yeah. Sometimes you can't like fully see this just because of where you are and where, you know, along the longitudinal and latitudinal lines that the eclipses are happening, right? So sometimes you can't see the eclipse from where you are, even though it's happening. But yes, um, uh, in the United States, you will be able to see it, at least see it starting. So um, at least because where we are in Los Angeles, you know, Pacific Standard Time for us, you know, and you, you can definitely look this up, Google it and see whatever time zone you're in exactly when it's going to start. But I can at least state that for us in Los Angeles, 1.47 p.m. is when we're going to start seeing it happen. Um, and then the moon is going to be the fullest maximum blood red by 4.18 a.m. And then um, we're very not cool. And then basically the sun's going to start, or, you know, the light is going to start coming up and it's going to end by like uh, 5.50 for us. Uh, but this is on the West Coast. I feel like if you're more on the East Coast, you'll probably see it happen and get like a quick tinged glimpse of it being like super red, but you won't be able to finish it off because the sun for you is going to be... Um, you know, coming out. Yeah. <laughs> you know, by that. That's time, for so. you guys. You guys get good pizza and bagels. We get good eclipses. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you know, if you live directly in the middle of the Pacific Ocean, like you're gonna great view. Mermaids <laughs> and fucking manahunis got that shit covered. So, so yeah, I mean, if you live in Hawaii, like you're really gonna experience it. Like. Mm-hmm. So, that's cool. Yeah. That that's really cool. Well, that's exciting. That's something to look forward to. I like that. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Pretty cool. So we have the other dum 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 at the end of May, which starts the retrograde seasons of like the planets because we were really lucky in by end of like March, like all of May, like uh, sorry, all of April, we had no planets in retrograde. 
but by May 23rd, we're going to experience um, one of the first big retrogrades um, of the year. <laughs> uh, and this is with Saturn. Saturn is going to go into retrograde on May 23rd in the sign of Aquarius. Um, so uh, retrogrades in general, I know you guys have like talked about this a lot, especially like, you know, with Taddy in past episodes, every time Mercury went into retrograde or some other planet, right? But just, you know, to reiterate for new listeners, like, you know, retrograde seasons are nothing to be scared of. Uh, just to kind of throw it out there, remember, you know, a retrograde is um, sort of this astronomical illusion where um, planets that are moving forward, because they only move forward, right, but just based off of, like, the movement of Earth in relation to the movement of the other planets, there's a certain point where um, other planets will seem like they're moving backwards, you know? It's kind of like you know, when you're approaching a, a stop sign when you're driving, you know, and you know, you're starting to slow down, but then there's another car that's next to you that's already slowed down quite a lot. And as you're kind of like passing, it looks like they're moving backwards. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, Thank you. That is what astronomically um, a retro, a planetary retrograde is about. It's, you know, the relationship of the Earth to the other planets. And because they're all moving at different rates, it looks like the other planet is moving backwards. But in actual actuality, no planet moves backwards. And if it actually ever did, like, legit start moving backwards, we're probably at the brink of an Armageddon or something. Like, you know what? <laughs> so. Yeah. And I think about that, like, <laughs> what people must have thought of, like, even with eclipses back in the day. Can you imagine, especially, like, the Aztecs and how yeah. important the sun was to them? Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. a solar eclipse would have been the end of the fucking world. So. Yeah. I mean, then again, most yeah. of the time when something goes in a retrograde, we kind of act like it's the end of the world. So I guess it's not that far off. Yeah, it's, it's not. But, <laughs> you know, as far as what's being affected during a planetary retrograde, because remember, all of the planets, you know, have a province of influence with different aspects in our general lives, right? You know, but with planets, it's more about the kind of job that they do you know, that gets affected, you know, like, for example, whenever it's a Mercury retrograde, Mer Mercury is the planet of expression, you know, a lot of people will say communication, but, you know, I say it's really more about how you want to express yourself, how you put yourself out there, how you communicate as far as like business and commerce and technology and all of that. So it's really all about expression because remember, Mercury is also a very magical planet, you know, Mercury in the tarot is the magician you know so it's all about having those resources at your fingertips and knowing what you can do with all of them it's being able to assess you know you know the magic that's at your fingertips so you can express yourself and manifest mm -hmm. whatever it is you want right and that's what mercury is really all about that's his job his job is to express and understand things so when mercury's job is impacted by this retrograding motion you know it's not so much about being active with how you express yourself but to be a little bit more introspective about how you've expressed yourself or what you're trying to express you know and that's why they say with retrograde motion you know we focus on the re's you know like re 
viewing something, refocusing on something, or reinventing yourself, or reuniting with somebody, or relocating. Um, but more importantly, to resolve something. Um, and that is absolutely what happens with a Saturn retrograde. Saturn retrograde is, well, Saturn, his province of influence is boundaries, limitations, discipline, right? So when he goes into retrograde, it's not like he can't do that job or, you know, instill that, you know, energy or aspect in everybody's life, right? But it's really more about becoming more introspective with it, like resolve that you hadn't before, you know, um, reassessing, you know, the limitations that you've set for yourself, the expectations um, that you've um, decided to discipline yourself with, you know what I mean? So, or, or just discipline in general, you know, just, so basically Saturn retrogrades are really the key word here for me is adulting. <laughs> like, yeah. you, you gotta do all the adulty things, right? But with that being said, I mean, like, you know, Saturn for everybody is about adulting anyway. It's just about paying more attention to the adulting that you're doing. You know what I mean? And, you know, even with, like, the outer planets, you know, and I would include Jupiter and um, Saturn and Uranus, Neptune, Pluto, you know, when they go into retrograde, it's really not that big of a deal anyway. You know, I would say, because when they go into retrograde, they retrograde for literally months at a time. Like, Pluto goes into retrograde, he retrogrades for half a year. You know oh. what I mean? So it's like, oh, you're retrograde again with you. You know what I mean? <laughs> because, you know, the thing is, these slower-moving planets, you know, these are slower-moving planets. So, like, they're going to take their time anyway. So when we look at our life, you know, from you know, any span of time, like, honestly, Jupiter, Saturn, Uranus, Neptune, Pluto, they're retrograde basically half the time of a lot. You know what right. I mean? That's so they really, it. like, they're, you know, their retrograde influence is actually super normal for all of us, but it's really more um, subtle the way that they affect us. You know what I mean? Like when Saturn goes into retrograde, and remember Saturn right now is in Aquarius. Aquarius is this energy that's very like, you know, it's active and progressive. You know, it's very, you know, all about the like forward thinking energy and fixing a way to make it um, relatable and relevant to your life, right? You know, it's all about that really cool air, intellectual, but very integrated energy. You know what I mean? Um, and when Saturn is there, you know, Saturn's begging you at this point to, like, adult with that energy. You know what I mean? And, you know, as far as the topics in life, you know, where this is going to hit people is really going to depend on your horoscope. You know what I mean? And the horoscope is all about the houses. Remember that the signs are not the same thing as the houses um, when you're looking at astrology and the chart. You know, and what, what I mean is think of the signs as sort of like filters for how energy is carried out. You know, some people will say like, oh, you know, something is in Taurus. That means we're going to be dealing with money and stuff like that. It's like, no, that's actually not what it is. Taurus is an energy that's very grounded, but it's beautiful at the same time. You know what I mean? Because it's 
ruled by, by Venus. Um, so it's just the manner of which energy is going to be expressed, right? Okay. But the houses are where the topics in life are. And this is all based on your horoscope. So this is why with astrology, if you want to get to the nitty gritty and really predict where, you know, certain things are going to hit you as far as like, you know, topical sort of like patterns, you know, like uh, you have to know your writing time. If your, um, let's say your rising sign is Aries, right? Mm -hmm. Then the house that Saturn is going to be in, because Saturn is an Aquarius, he's going to be hitting your 11th house. So which means where you're going to have to adult is in the area of your friendships and your networks. If you happen to be a... uh, let me look at a chart because it's <laughs> and to Let's find see. out uh, your rising you need to know what time you were born right you need to know the time the exact time and the exact place and the date that you were born so there's three um, main pieces of birth data that you need your birth date your birthplace and the exact birth time and i know that for you know several of you out there listening the birth time may be the most elusive piece of information Mm-hmm. You know, um, because like not everyone knows that right off the bat. You know, I mean, if you were born, especially after the 1960s in America, more than likely your birth time will have been recorded in your birth certificate. But I do know some people who were born before the 60s and that information is not always on there. You know, so what do you do if you don't know your birth time? Well, you can go to an astrologer, not me, because I don't specialize in this, but. <laughs> <laughs> But you can find an astrologer who specializes in what's called chart rectification. Chart rectification is basically this trial and error process where an astrologer will literally sit down with you and look at charts and say, okay, so I think you might have been born during this time by answering, by, you know, giving giving you a whole load of like questions that you can answer, you know, like for example. It's really intense process because it is easier if you have more information. Like, for example, if you're like, well, my mom thinks that I was born at night. So that narrows down the scope of focus. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, he's frozen. He'll come back. We just have to wait patiently. Yes. You know, so there's only 12 hours that the astrologer has to kind of there sort through. But if your parents were like, oh, you know, you were born between like 7 to 9 p.m. on this day, you know, then the astro- that makes the, job, the astrologer's job a lot easier because they can be like, okay, so that means if you're born in this time, you're more than likely either going to be, you know, a Pisces rising, Aries rising, or Taurus rising, just as an example. You know, you're only mm-hmm. going to be one of those. <laughs> you know what I mean? So then they'll ask you all these other questions like, okay, so when it comes to your emotional needs, do you need this? You know, and, you know, they'll give you these different options that you can answer uh, or scenarios that you can answer. And based off of how you answer, that's how they determine what your rising sign is. I want to try this. It's like a personality test for your birth. It is. It's like the ultimate personality test. Yeah. (laughs) Rectification. Wow. that's cool so, i mean i, mean, I know my writing but, but i just want to try it now and see if i truly am yeah 
totally and you, you can totally do it. Yeah, you can totally do it. But I will say if there are any of you that are, you know, interested in doing chart verification because you don't know that information and you want it, just know that um, generally um, the service for a chart rectification is anywhere from like $150 up. Um, I've seen people charge like up to like $600 for that. Oh. Yeah, it can be. Cause, well, it I sounds mean, like it, it's it a lot of work though. It is. It is a lot of work. Like, and that, I, I don't want to do it and that's why I don't specialize in it. So. <laughs> Understandable. <laughs> So yeah, when it yeah when it comes to like you know these horoscopes that we read like you know on the internet you know on like apps and like newspaper columns and stuff like that I mean, you have to remember these are horoscopes that are very generalized and they're not always gonna like resonate with you because they're generalized. But if yeah. you want to see astrology like really work and say things like yeah on the sixteenth of May you can expect to get into like some fights with your partner because the energy is there for it. It might not happen, but the energy is there for it. And then, you know, you can actually see it. Like, it really helps to know your rising sign. And actually, you know, when you are looking at your horoscope, you know, like, you know, if you, you know, go off some other astrological feed or something like that, and you look for the horoscope of, you know, Virgo or Scorpio or something like that, it actually can be more accurate for you if you follow the horoscope for your rising sign. Yeah, that's what they say. And not your sun sign. Because oh. remember, horoscopes are charted based off of the hour, not where the sun actually is. You know, and every hour, a new sign is rising. And so when you're looking at the horoscope for your rising sign, a lot of people tend to find it's more accurate for them, as opposed oh. to looking for your sun sign. Oh, interesting. Yeah, that's what I've heard, too. Yeah, the yeah. rising is so, more. So yeah, if you're an Aquarius rising, try it out. Look for you know, like you might be a Virgo, but if you're an Aquarius rising, check out the horoscope for Aquarius because there might be some like really awesome information there for you. You know, uh, just as an example. But I digress. <laughs> uh, but yeah, sorry. Um, going back into the month of May. Sorry, that was a tangent. But like. Um, uh, the end of May, we are going to experience retrogrades, and with the Saturn retrograde, it is going to be about that adulting, but at the very end of May, we're going to have the Mercury retrograde, um, and that's on May 30th, and, you know, the Mercury retrograde, everyone, you know, gets all up in arms about it, they're like, oh my gosh, I can't, I can't sign a contract, I can't do all these, like, things, technology is going to break down right and left, which it does. Mm -hmm. um, because that is just one of the, you know, province of influence of Mercury. Mercury does rule those things, right? But remember, Mercury's job is about expression and understanding, right? So that is really the energy that you have to look at. So again, looking at your own personal horoscope, if you can, you'll actually be able to see where Mercury retrograde is going to hit you this time around in Gemini, you know, uh, because like if Mercury is in Gemini when it retrogrades, right, and it's hitting your fifth house, then where your Mercury retrograde experience is going to hit you is actually probably not going to be around technology per se, but it might be with like, you know, um, 
the things that you like to do for a hobby. So maybe it is, you know, technology revolving around your hobbies, leisure. You know, the fifth house is what rules children, leisure, your hobbies, and sex. So anything that Mercury rules, you know, having to do with like travel or um, communication around those life topics, that's what's going to affect you. So Mercury is just hitting all the things that are fun in life. (laughs) Yeah, it's going to, well, I mean, it's, well, no, but that, that's if, you know, like that's what Mercury is hitting for you, you know, because remember it's, it's all based on the house that it hits. Your Mercury retrograde might hit your second house and that's going to hit your money. It might hit you in the eighth house and that's the people that you owe if or you know maybe it's uh, around the topic of something ending or transforming or dying you know if it hits your ninth house that's going to be about your spiritual nature or maybe education or like long distance travel you know that's that's what the houses are about you know they're about the life topics the areas um that we um participate in Okay. So it's going to be different for everybody. And I know that's probably another curveball to throw out there for you guys. I think one of these, though. yeah, I think one of these days, what we'll do is we'll, we'll do a whole separate episode with you just on the houses. Oh Cause I think that yeah. will kind of bring a lot more understanding. Cause I'm sure some oh, of yeah, the folks yeah. listening get it. And then there's probably a lot like me that are like, what in the fuck is he talking about? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it seems very complicated to me as well. So yeah, it is. It is very complex, which is why like a lot of astrologers just tend to generalize it. Um, but you know, it's great to generalize, but then you're also not being like ultra specific. Yeah. And, you know, you just have to take that with a grain of salt, you know, like with something that's so generalized, you can be like, okay, well, that's the energy that, that that's there. But man, this totally hit me in a totally different way. But, you know, when you're doing your horoscope for real, like you'll actually see it. It, it is written in the stars, you know? So like, yeah. Yeah, it's so true. Yeah, well, so going back to just, you know, this general theme, you know, May starts off a little rocky because, you know, of everything that is squaring and, you know, opposing in weird ways, but it really does become that preview for what's going to happen towards the end, which is really like, you know, you thought you were adulting before, but now you really have to, you know, figure it out if something is jacked up, you know, so reassess so that you can grow appropriately. You know what I mean? Really look at what you've been doing in the past month and seeing if it's actually sustainable now. You know what I mean? Because we're going to be moving forward with the rest of this year. We're going to be moving forward in our lives. And if we're not taking that moment to really think things through, which is actually very useful in the energy of Gemini energy. Gemini energy is really all about being curious and really seeing and understanding like what works within our general grasp. You know what I mean? Like it's really great for that energy. And just the fact that Mercury is going to start retrograding in Gemini, what better time to do that? You know what? Your computer breaks down. Mercury retrograde is a great time to figure out how to fix it. (laughs) like because you're you know reassessing you're reviewing you're resolving 
You know? Okay. That's that's what retrograde energy is really for me of what, what it's about. It's about revealing and resolving. You know, taking the moment to not try to do all the things because if you don't take the moment to be receptive, really figure things out, then you're not really growing. You're just kind of staying stagnant in a narrow-minded sort of like focus. You know, you have to be able to look at all the parts and how they work so that you can really evolve, you know? So, so yeah, the end of this month is about that. You know, it, it's, it starts with the Saturn retrograde, then we get that total lunar eclipse, that blood moon to really, you know, force you to dig deeper into who you are and what you're about. And then you've got the Mercury retrograde to start resolving those things, you know? So this this month starts up strong because we want to like go out and do all the things and by mid-month we get the preview of what could happen and by the end we have to figure it out like how it's really going to be sustainable for us so we can grow so that's the energy of may yay (laughs) may sounds like it's going to be jam-packed yeah 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 Especially in the beginning, very, of the very year. busy. Yeah. <laughs> At least so, it, it sounds. Yeah, I mean, it, it sounds like it <laughs> starts and ends in a rocky way, you know. Yeah. But at least we have Beltane on the first, so we have some fun things to oh, look yes. forward to, yes. you know. Yes. So it's not. It's not the worst. <laughs> and you know, it, it kind of like. It, it kind of plays into this whole idea of like, you know, if it starts one way, it ends one way, you know, like, or it ends in a similar pattern kind of a thing. It starts mm-hmm. with a great time, you know, and Beltane is really that energy of being able to come together, you know, to have like a marriage of, you know, different energies, right? But before May Day, you know, before Beltane, you have May Day Eve, which is Valpurgis Night, that is all about unleashing and purging, like, the things you've been repressing, you know, it's, you know, I guess what some have lightly called Pagan Orgy Night, you know, yep. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, yep. <laughs> you know, but, release you know, the going, beast, yeah, release the beast, you know, that is what Beltane Eve is about, you know, that's, that's when, you know, the, the the witches sabbat would happen when people would dance naked in the middle of the woods and you know all of that that was the night before may day you know so um and that's how sort of the energy kind of works at the end of may also you know with that blood moon and really figuring out who you are so it starts off with the release and now the end is about coming to terms with it <laughs> you know, so May is a really magical month, you know, just depending on how you look on look at it and how you interact with the energies present in it, you know. I like it. I like it. I'll so, yeah. I'll accept it, I guess. I don't feel like I have much of a choice, right? No, you don't. <laughs> you don't. Period. Yeah, I mean, but you know that's that's a that's the thing going back into like everyone's individual like horoscope and experience of astrology you know in actual present time it's going to be different for everybody because everyone has a different rising sign you know these energies are going to hit you in totally different ways than the person next to you i mean unless they have the same rising sign you know <laughs> like 
but it's true. Here is no. my, my vote of confidence for everyone. We survived 2020. Right. We, yes. We, we can fucking do this. Yeah. All right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is nothing compared to 2020. Let's face yeah. it. It's Just not. remember it's that. Not. It's not. I mean, we're good. Yeah. We're good. Yeah. Yeah. We good. You know, it's, it's, it's like you say, Shana, you know, make good choices. Yeah. Right, right. Make good life so. choices, guys. Make good life choices. And just remember that. Yeah, so, that's L- true. I miss saying that to you, Jarrell. We don't see each other in person anymore. I, I, know. <laughs> I, know. I know. So it was but, a treat to get to see yeah. each other in person, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. It really is. It really is. <laughs> but you know what, though? I've totally like sunk into being a hermit. I like it. My bed is comfy. I don't have to wear pants at home. It's awesome. You know, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> But well, thank you for that, Joe. That was that was good. That's <laughs> thank that you, Joe. Really thank you. Informative. We have a lot to think about. You're very welcome. It was a pleasure. So, um, and you know what, guys? I realized I didn't ask anyone. What What are you drinking? Oh, oh I'm drinking my gosh. A, uh, well, I I don't know. I'm drinking a beer. <laughs> Is it a forty? Or are you Are you being a fucking gangster? Uh, no, just a regular beer. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Drill, yeah. wow me. What you got? Uh, whiskey Coke. Okay. All right. <laughs> I'm, I'm a whiskey person. So, you know, if I can spike it with whiskey, whiskey that's what I like. So, <laughs> that is that I, for some reason, that doesn't surprise me. I feel like almost everybody I know that I really like, you guys are all whiskey people. Wow. That's crazy. Mm. it means we'll never drink each other's booze because i cannot i get goosebumps watching other people drink whiskey i can't know it's a band i can't do it what are you drinking girlfriend sorry (laughs) joe it's good guys we'll figure it out joe what's up yeah oh i was gonna say i'm one of those weird people like i do not like beer so oh wow wow Interesting. Like beer mm. grew on me. I used to not like it. I also used to not like wine, but now I am all about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so now I like wine. So tonight I am drinking one of my seltzer waters um, with a fuck ton of strawberries in it. It's probably more strawberry huh? than it is seltzer water. And um, I'm really weird. I really don't like fruit. I don't like fruit. I never really have. I'm a huge fan of veggies, fruit, not so much, but I like strawberries when they're warm or room temperature or like right before they go bad. Mm, Cause they're nice and soft and sweet. At that yeah, point. I think that's what it is. And so I have some of those, yeah. so I sliced them all up. So I feel like I'm having juice and it's really delicious. And you know what? I bet gin would go fucking perfectly in this. Right. Or vodka for that matter. Yeah. 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 Either one. Of, I'm a gin fan. I like gin, vodka. Eh, I, I like gin and I like tequila. Oh, so. I like tequila too. Yeah. Tequila will tequila you. Okay. If you drink enough tequila. Monica says, says that. It, it, it seems like she has experience. I would believe her. You yeah. See on her boy. face. She's like, let me fucking tell you I'm having a flashback right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> No, 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 no more tequila. Very few and far between tequila and margaritas, maybe, but that's it. Yeah. 
All right, so we're not going to go out and party and have a bunch of shots then, huh? No, not tonight. Dang, Mm-mm. dang. <laughs> we'll save it for the end of the month. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like we're all going to need it at the end of the month. Right, um, exactly. who who's your shout out to? Ooh, oh gosh. Um, Do you want us to come back I, to you? Yeah. Please. Okay. Monica, who you got? I am going to shout out to Michelle Mountain because it's her birthday today. And so I wanted to say happy birthday and thanks for listening. Happy birthday. I hope you have a magical, magical day. And I hope you have your shout out, Shauna. I have three, but it's all for the same thing. So I am shouting out to the Coven sister, Onyx and Jillian. All right. the Coven sister had sent me a message the other day saying that she listened to the Wheel of the Year and that she thought we should start a Wine, Spirits, and Witches drinking game and that it sh- one of the things should be you have to take a drink every time Shauna makes a sex innuendo. Ah. I didn't realize I did that much, but I guess I do. So That's my job. What are you talking about? That's my job. Right? That's what I thought. So I went on to Patreon and I made a post. I'm like, all right, guys, we did a wine spirits and witches drinking game. What would be in it? And so we have the Coven, the Coven sister, Jillian and Onyx stepped up to the plate and came up with that. So I think for the next one, I will have all of the steps and we'll say it at the beginning of the episode so everyone can follow along. But I want to say thank you to those three for helping come up with the drinking game. Excellent. Okay. All right, Jarell. Which which who's your shout out? I I I just want to do do one shout out to um, a very special person in my life. Um, uh, uh, his name is Robert Casey. He's uh, my partner in life uh, because he's the most amazing. Oh, of course, it like freezes when he's being sweet. Be him, so. Can you repeat that? Because technology is yeah. mean and yeah. started freezing. Oh, <laughs> I'm going to make you be yeah, happy so and I... adorable one more time. <laughs> All right. So I want to do a shout out to Robert uh, Casey, uh, my partner in life, who's been amazing and supported me through so many things in the past as long as I've known him and who also proposed to me the last month yes yay uh, so, yes so I know he's congratulations guys so a smile on your face congratulations you two yeah, are an amazing, amazing couple you guys are an yeah. amazing couple. I'm so glad that you found each other. Yeah. Robbie, if you're listening to this, I think you are cool as fuck. And as I always say, make good life choices. I think you two getting married <laughs> is a very good life choice. So congratulations yes. to both of you. Choice. Fabulous life yeah. choice. I love yeah. it. Congratulations, guys. Hi, Robbie. Hi, Robbie. Okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> that is wonderful news. I love that. Jarrell, Space Daddy, once again. Thank you. And I'm sorry, Ricky has branded you with that. I'm never going to let that go. I'm so sorry. It's fine. I'm, I'm fine with it. Face daddy. Love it. Well, just right. before, I know this has been like the world's longest episode, but just before I let you go, there is a magical tradition. I think it's somewhere in, in Europe, but like instead of having a high priest, they're called daddies. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I can't remember 
what exactly the tradition is. I remember hearing about it and it just became like a, a joke rather like because we, then we all started calling each other daddies and shit. But yeah, there's an actual thing where like the higher ranking members of this tradition are called daddies. Wow. So I, it's I'll try the same way or is it like I'll have to double check. Let me do some research and I'll let you know and I will come back with like a very educated joke on this one. I'll know my shit. <laughs> Sounds good. I look forward to it. Awesome. <laughs> Guys, thank you for tuning in. Jarell, you. you're amazing. And we will see you next week. Until then, Merry Meet. Merry Part. And Merry Meet again. <laughs>